0: Hi, everyone. This is Here Comes a Thought. This is a brand new podcast. I am your host, Kat, with
1: G.N. Ramos and uh, Mark Quiddies.
0: So we all met on Discord um, and we decided we wanted to do a podcast on Steven Universe. Who actually wants to go start start this uh, little craziness on our love for Steven Universe?
1: Um, well, I guess I can, I can kind of kick things off here. Um, I was kind of the one to first bring up the idea i i realized that um it has been discussed before about it but um i just i since i had just caught up and i was watching all of the newer the newest episodes i just had like this burning passion to want to talk about it and um, discuss all of the themes and all of the other elements that are incorporated into every episode of, of steven universe And um, I was fortunate enough to find you lovely individuals that felt had that same passion and wanted to uh, talk about these episodes as well. And here we are now. Yeah. Here
0: we are. We are going to go a little crazy today because this is the beginning and we are starting from uh, scratch. I do have some background in podcasting. Um, Actually, have you guys ever been on a podcast before?
1: No. Uh, no, this is uh, my first official podcast.
0: First official podcast. Okay. So um, I have, of course, my other podcast, Geek Family Therapy. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys know that. Um, so, yeah, we are on the Geek Therapy Network Discord. Um, so I'm going to plug that real quick. So Discord, geek, family, uh, geek Therapy, you can come chat with us. Um and we have the Geek Therapy Network. Um what is that other thing called, guys? I know you guys are both on it too. The forums, yeah. the Geek Therapy Forums.
2: <laughs> Geek Therapy Forums. Um,
0: yeah. Yes. So all that is all that is uh there. Um so I, I guess that's actually kinda where we met everybody, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it all started mainly in the discord but considering geek therapy network is so huge there's facebook there's the forum so
0: you, well you and i actually started john uh, Jean. we started on the forum yeah because you, you were talking on the geek family therapy network uh one well the geek family therapy wow there's too many words <laughs> you guys have to forgive me gft I've a very long day yes exactly gft um, I haven't slept, so
1: <laughs>
0: I'm I'm a little exhausted. It's little all right. Crazy. I've
1: been up since right. this morning. <laughs> all
0: right. So we're all a little delirious. So um, I guess who wants to start with saying who they are, what they do, um, and what makes us feel that we can actually talk about Steven Universe?
1: I'll let Gian take so- out this on first.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you've been voluntold. Yeah. Uh, So my name is Gian Ramos. I am a fourth year medical student. Uh, I'm actually pretty much finished my fourth year. So I'm taking a leap year uh, to do things that I like and sort of do some research, learn a bit more. And so I plan on doing a psychiatry residency next year, applying for it. Uh, which will mean I will start working sort of a psychiatrist while in a supervised role uh, starting next year. And so a quick question, how long does it actually take to finish med school? It's four years of med school. Okay. And then residency would be another four years. So
0: wow. Yeah.
2: So it's pretty much eight years after college. So
0: that's some crazy dedication there. Yeah. So, and you've decided that psychiatry is where you want to go
2: yeah yeah it's it's what i've known since i was a teenager so it's my passion it's what i love and so you know being exposed to sort of the geek therapy network uh it's been it's been very wonderful sort of re uh hearing from all these professionals that are in love with geek culture and popular culture and see value in it being used in a therapeutic role and I've always wanted to participate in that sort of conversation and I thank Mark for sort of suggesting that what started out as some somehow like a a sort of joke and then we got even more and more more and more serious about it um Mm -hmm. and in in terms of Steven Universe, um my first experience with the series was actually a video from there's there's this uh YouTube series called the Pop Culture Detective. And I forgot the name of the the, the main guy, but he pretty much analyzes representations of masculinity in popular media. And he had an episode on on Steven Universe. And it was really good. It was on how Steven Universe is, is such a good, uh, the main character is such a good representation of masculinity. And uh, after that, I started actually listening to the Geek Therapy podcast and they mentioned geek, geek, uh, Steven Universe so much that I just that had to start seeing the series. And you can see it. You can see just how wholesome and how many wonderful themes about, uh, identity, about, uh, gender psychology is sprinkled onto the series. And so, yeah, I really wanted to talk about that and, and give you guys my, my perspective.
0: Well, thank you. Okay. So Mark, uh,
1: you're the next victim. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm probably, uh, <laughs> I'm probably the, uh, least qualified person to uh, really discuss about a lot of these topics. Um, I am... Wait, 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 wait.
0: I, I really have to ask about that because in all honesty, Mark, you're over here saying you wanted us to sing on this originally. So I'm assuming you have a great singing voice. <laughs> well,
1: I did do choir <laughs> basically ever since... Well, I've been singing ever since I was a little kid. I was a lot of times just saying about... I would just go off on little tangents and I would just have a melody going. And I, I remember specifically one of my cousins was asking my mom, like, where, what was I singing? What song was I singing? My mom just turned to him and was like, eh, he just sings about whatever. Because I just had a, like, I would have a melody from whatever song that I had stuck in my head at the time. And then whatever, I would just sing what I was doing or I'd sing about what was going on, like what I was watching or what I was experiencing. And a lot of the times I kind of like. So you are Steven. Kind of. Um, although I can't play any instruments, but, uh, <laughs> but then I, I joined choir, um, in my middle school years and I've kind of stuck with it all the way through end of high school. And right now, um, I, I had to take a couple years off from, uh, after high school, but, um, I'm now back in, back in school in the full swing of things. Um, I'll be completing my associate's degree, um, in, uh, at the end of this year and then from there i will be transferring to a four-year university which is yet to be decided as of now um but i plan to try to pursue um, a degree in psychology and work towards a uh, master's or a, a doctorate or a or whatever whatever is the best because i um i really feel like i want to go into uh like therapy and counseling as well um ever since ever okay. since i can imagine when i was when i was a little kid and even growing up and getting into the more adolescent state or early adolescent stages, um, I had 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 to kind of grow up a lot faster than a lot of the people around me. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, a lot of people tended to come to me for advice, for help, or you know whatever it is that was going on. And a lot of the times, I I it, I at least to, according to them, I gave them pretty decent advice. So I mean, I'm gonna take their word for it. But um, originally, I decided to try to be a uh, chemistry major, but after a while of trying to go into it, I just realized that it just, it wasn't clicking, it wasn't really piquing my interest, and I ultimately just, at at the end of my, once I graduated from high school, I ended up dropping it, and I was kind of just left in this floating abyss that a lot of uh, recent graduates kind of fall into, of, crap, what do I want to do with my life? So, it took a lot of exploring. It took a lot of um, learning and a lot of late nights on Tumblr reading random posts for me to finally kind of realize that psychology was something that just was just always interesting. It was something that always I found fascinating whenever I found an interesting read that pertained to psychology or an article or a study. I just, I was just completely engrossed and I just wanted to know more and I wanted to understand more. And there's a lot of topics in terms of psychology that I would I would love to explore one day but and I am I'm, I'm glad I'm sort of glad that I'm in this beginning stage because this gives me a chance to really broaden the horizons and really see exactly what I want to do but um in terms of uh in Steven Universe here um I actually was exposed to this about a couple years ago um I was kind of introduced to it by a friend of mine um, who, who was watching this series, and they told me to um, that I needed to watch this because they knew that I was uh, an avid singer. I was always singing in the car or whenever I was alone, or at least I thought I was alone. Um, I was just always just singing at the top of my lungs. And so they, they told me um, to watch this show, and they actually offered to download the shows for me, and then we would just sit down and binge watch it. So I ended up binge watching um, the first season into like the second half of the uh into the first half of the second season and i just fell in love with it i i i love the characters i love the developments i love the songs they're always so catchy and it's just something that i've been kind of almost religiously following ever since i had officially caught up and was waiting um for those famous hiatuses to end and so yeah
0: well i'm it, thank you again. That's that's actually a lot, very in depth. And you, you, you're at the beginning of this. You guys have to forgive me. We do have a we have a little one here, and so he, he may make a little bit of noise in the background. So I'm very sorry. Um. So yeah. So I guess where I came from. So yeah, I'm a family therapist. Currently getting my Ph.D. in um marriage and family therapy. So I'm continuing my my masters into a Ph.D. program. Um, I've been working in the field since about 2010. Um, I don't know where to go. Shockingly enough, I don't know where to go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, we, we came onto this. so, So we all love Steven universe. I, you know, I, I was introduced to it. My first major episode watching it was actually mindfulness. Um, was it mindful education? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that was my first ever episode really watching and then I kind of went back and started from the beginning and then binge watched that way. Thankfully to Hulu and uh Daily Motion and all of that that was what I was able to finally get onto. So besides that I mean like it, it, it's kind of hard to go into me right? yeah. I'm more interested in you guys. I know me.
2: (laughs) I'm actually uh, wondering. um, So what, how does, how many years of education does it get to get to where you are right now?
0: So as a a master's program takes two years. Mm -hmm. um, And that is, um, that was actually with me working full time, working on, My practicum, which is of course an internship and my capstone, which is, I guess, sort of like a thesis and working full time. So I did all of this within two years because I'm crazy like that. I still honestly haven't gotten my licensure because it's actually very difficult to get your licensure. It takes, you have to do over 3000 hours. Um, And then I moved from New York to Pennsylvania so in New York was actually only 1,500 hours I had to do. And then I think they've just recently increased it to 3,000. Um, and here was 3,000. And I just, I couldn't get a supervisor. I still can't get a supervisor. Why I live in Pennsylvania is in the middle of nowhere. I live in woods, the woods. <laughs> I went from living in the city. I, I lived in the Bronx. I worked in man, in Manhattan. Um, So I went from that to being in the woods where my nearest neighbor is like deer or bear. (laughs)
1: That's quite the change. Yeah, it
0: is. Um, So the PhD program. So uh, for those people who don't know, a PhD is a person who actually wants to do more research. Whereas a PsyD is a doctoral student who will be doing more clinical work. I'm already a clinician Um, And I'm currently – so I'm looking for a new supervisor because I've done probably like 2,000 hours of supervision. I'm looking for a supervisor now to do my last 1,000 hours of live supervision so I can get my licensure. So then I wanted to do research because I actually like like research. Um, I like figuring out things like this. So I like using pop culture and the media – to say, hey, how does this influence families? How did this influence um, to people in general? So I, I decided research, I wanted to go into research as opposed to uh, working on a clinical
2: degree. Yeah. And what brought you to, to family therapy specifically?
0: So that one is actually very, that's a very specific question for me, because what brought me into family therapy was specifically the fact that I come from a military background. My friends, um, a lot of my friends are in the military or were in the military. And around the time that I was getting, starting my degree, uh, well, no, starting my undergrad work was uh, right around 9-11. So I was in Manhattan when that happened. Um, and my friends were like, you know what, we're we're going to fight in this war. And they came back. They got deployed again. They came back. They got deployed again. Some of them got married. Some of them had kids. Um, and then seeing them trying to piece together a life, in a civilian life, while being deployed in an active war zone. So them dealing with those traumas, dealing with grief, um, complicated uh, complicated trauma, sorry, as well as some of them with uh, traumatic brain injuries. So a lot of them were diagnosed with PTSD, TBI, and just trying to get them to go from that lifestyle back to a civilian lifestyle, but also dealing with those families who are putting up I hate to say that word putting up, but, uh, dealing with their loved ones going away and having to kind of hold the family together. Yeah. So I really wanted to get into marriage, fa- marriage and family therapy just for that, because it's, um, very new in the VA. Um, there, there's still kind of fighting to get um, limited permits in the VA working, um, as soon as they get out of school most of the time they're like you know what we want somebody who's already licensed or sometimes you'll get those people who are like i have no clue what an mft does um so if you get a phd you kind of get more doors open for you because they're like oh okay you have a phd you know what you're talking about
1: gotcha well that, that that was a very uh very very actually very insightful i didn't realize that the whole reason for wanting to um go into, um, you know, marriage and family therapy it was, you know, because of the the hardships that you were witnessing and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, hearing about from, you know, your own, uh, your own people in your life.
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, it's not something I honestly talk about. I've actually been talking about it more recently just because of the PhD program. Um, so in my program, I'm actually specializing in marriage and family therapy, with veterans and their families
2: Hmm.
0: so working with military personnel and their families
2: yeah i guess in a a very steven universe kind of way we took this moment to sort of bear everything out and talk about our history and that's what we're sort of here for It, it kind of makes me wish i could go back to my introduction and sort of talk about everything again because uh, both of you had like super nice back <laughs> like-
0: well, listen we- we're going to be doing so many different episodes so we will be able to expand on this because i know when we get to talk about uh lapis lazuli i will be talking about her ptsd which yes people i honestly believe she has ptsd yeah. We will talk about it when we get there. Uh, 100
1: uh, uh, has PTSD. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes.
0: So so we will be talking about that. So I will be expre- uh, – that will probably be an episode where I do a lot of like, okay, so when you're dealing with people who lived in war zones and dealing <laughs> with this and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I will probably go – I will go overboard then. But I'm like looking at the clock here and I'm going, okay, we need to move, go we have to move on. Cause I I I knew this was gonna take a while, because we do have a lot to say. But we also have a lot we want to talk about. Yeah, yep. And uh this is this is our first time doing this together, so we don't know how our timing is going to be. So you guys have to forgive us also. So I guess we wanted to talk about the pilot, and the pilot we're going to talk about briefly because the pilot I think the pilot we can talk about also when we start talking about episode. Um, oh, you know what? I don't know what what number episode that was.
2: The pilot? With but the time
0: the, thing? Uh, Steven and the Stevens.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Because, because if you guys remember the pilot versus Steven and the Stevens, they have some similar stuff. So we'll probably end up talking about it again there. But yeah. the pilot episode, guys. Uh, the artwork was weird. Yeah. Compared to like, What we know and love about Steven Universe now—the artwork was so different. Yeah, Pearl looks like a bird now, and (laughs) back then she looked in that first one. She was more humanoid.
2: Yes. Oh, so um, so Pearl. I I just came out out of listening to that Comic Con panel, Uh and we had discussed uh, after we saw the episode that Pearl was. uh, She didn't seem that motherly, right? In in this yes. pilot episode, and uh, Rebecca Sugar actually says that she hadn't planned for Pearl to be motherly until she heard the voice actor, the voice actress for for Pearl, and then she sort of changed the character completely.
0: Oh wow, that's I so so um for timeline uh so the. Um, San Diego Comic Con has been over now for what a day or two, and um, yeah. So you're talking about the video for that. I actually have not seen it yet. Um, so if everybody wants to know, San Diego Comic Con 2018 has happened. So this is where we are in our timeline.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that just happened. Uh, <laughs> the panel is uh, the panel is already uploaded to YouTube. So I mean, if you wanted to go and check out the Steven Universe panel, it's up there, and th- that. I will
0: probably post the in the I, I will post the links in uh in our com- in our comments yeah mm-hmm. so
1: if anyone wants to check those out check it out you know more than welcome to. it's actually very insightful
0: so oh so yeah so see I have to watch it people <laughs> yeah <laughs> watch it all right so, so so oh so Rebecca didn't plan Pearl to be motherly and now it's just okay yep. so I mean that's a completely different thing see. The, so Pearl, of course, we when you look at the pilot episode, she she even at one point calls Stephen a clown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's not who the character is now in the episodes that we see versus, again, back in the beginning. So it's just, it, it's it's a completely different Pearl. I think Garnet was still similar, just that the hair was different.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But Amethyst was also, like, she was very like sexy she just looked sexier
1: she felt a lot more like a uh, like a big sister in, in in that in this sense like it was really more of like hey i'm your older sister i'm just going to do what i want but you know here you go cause some mischief and you know go you use the use the thing and go get us some quote unquote donuts
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: and so i think this sort of assortment
2: Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. So I think uh, most of the assortment of the main characters is very interesting. Just this morning, I woke up thinking, uh, Pearl, Garnet, and Amethyst is pretty much, if you get the Powerpuff Girls and they grow up and they adopt a a boy, (laughs) (laughs) because... That the way I think about it in a sort of archetypal way is that the the Powerpuff Girls and the Crystal the main Crystal Gems are like three representations of women across the, the binary of gender. Like you have Buttercup and Amethyst being very sort of masculine, you have Pearl and Bubbles being very feminine, and then you have sort of an intermediate, which would be like the logical leader
1: uh blossom
2: type.
0: Okay, <laughs> right. you know what? Actually, now that you say it that way, I yeah, can it's see almost
1: it. uncanny how it how similar it is.
0: That that okay. Food for thought. So, <laughs> food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we want to say anything else about the pilot before we move on to episode one?
1: Um, no, I'm pretty fine. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good.
0: Okay, so f- from here on in, full on spoilers. Um. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast you like Steven Universe. If you're just listening to this podcast to so listen to this podcast and don't mind spoilers, there may be spoilers, but if you don't want to get spoiled, go watch Steven Universe. It takes like 11 minutes. And
1: yeah, then before come back. you know it, you'll be almost already halfway done with season 2 and you'll won't even realize that it went from day to nighttime and back to day again.
2: Yeah, pretty much short episodes.
1: <laughs>
0: and and you will and you will be singing all the songs. All right. all right. So we are going to talk about episode 1. What is the actual name of the episode cuz I keep calling it Cookie Cat?
2: It's Gem Glow.
0: Okay. So so it's it's the Cookie Cat episode. It's the part where, it's the one where he sings the Cookie Cat theme song. Who knows the Cookie Cat theme song? Uh,
1: I do not don't know. I know the lyrics cat cat my heart <laughs> but, uh, come on, Mark, you know the cookie uh, you know no, the no, I co- <laughs> see okay, every time it comes out in the car, I always end up messing something, but I will never forget my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> he left his family behind, and that is,
2: yeah, he did,
0: <laughs> what is it he's a pet for your and, tummy, And he's a pet
2: for your tummy, yeah,
0: so, uh, cookie cat, he's a pet for your tummy, cookie cat, he's super duper yummy. <laughs> Cookie Cat, he left his family behind. <laughs> Alright, so I don't sing, so that's the best <laughs> you're getting from me. Alright, so, so this is where we actually get to see Stephen interacting with the Crystal Gems. Um, and this first episode, Stephen does not have his powers, which he develops after finding Cookie Cat, which you, we find out that Lion Lickers is replacing Cookie Cat and He's very, very upset about this because Cookie Cat is super duper yummy. Nobody
1: even likes yeah. lion
0: liquors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what they said. Nobody likes lion liquors, but apparently they they replaced Cookie Cat with lion liquors. Um, so, right in there, we start seeing the roles of the Crystal Gems and Steven.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Okay, so, I mean,. Where do we want to start with this? Because we come in, uh, Stephen has the free, he goes to the donut shop, he goes and there's no cookie cat um, ice creams, there's wine liquors, but Sadie offers him the cookie cat freezer. Mm-hmm. So he takes it home and he goes home and we get to see him with, uh, interact with the Crystal Gems for the first time. And something Mark had pointed out that I honestly did not notice and I had to go back. We actually don't see a picture of Rose in this episode. So right in the beginning, I, anytime he walks in, you see right over the door is a picture of Rose. We, there's no focus on Rose in this one. Okay. This is all This is stupid. Yeah,
1: Rose course doesn't really make her kind of a quote-unquote appearance until the, uh, episode two. But even then, she's just really mentioned, and you get like a little, like a I, I guess you can say like a apparition, a, a shape, an outline of her. Um, but which we'll get into a, a little bit later. But I wanted to just also point out, like in terms of the characteristics, especially when he first like comes in context with the crystal gems, you can tell like it's almost immediate right then and there what their kind of roles are. When they especially when they start talking about the the cookie cats, like amethyst says that they or Pearl says that like they know that he really liked them, and then amethyst is quick to say, so he went out and stole them all because she's the more like carefree, reckless one. And then Pearl says she comes back she went back to pay for them to be the responsible one. And then Garnet's the one that just says it was my idea because she's the intermediary kind of area where she's like, She kind of runs the show, but she's not gonna like but she's just the one that just tells people what to do and then just lets every like lets them like be the other side the more extreme half so where Amethyst would go and steal the cookie cats and Pearl would go back to pay for them. Yeah. So that that's just like I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no
0: uh, so right off the bat we see so we we see their roles. Um and one thing that we talked about before that I, I keep saying it's it seems weird is this is later on that we find out they all have rooms um behind this door but when steven walks in they're fighting the centipedals, yeah. right yeah so so the first thing they say is i'm sorry uh no pearl was the first one to say oh, uh sorry we're you know we'll finish cleaning this out of your room so they all have this room behind this magical door and Steven has this this whole, pretty much this whole house. They all live there, but his room is the whole living room. His bedroom's off on the side. Um, the, the house itself is Steven's room. Yeah. yeah. So right there is that whole, like, okay, you can see that Steven is different from the Crystal Gems. So without knowing... Any of the other, the rest of the story, we already know Steven is completely different from the Crystal
1: Gems. Yeah, and then it, it becomes yeah. a lot more apparent when, you know, they're fighting the, the centipedals and he doesn't even, he can't join in on the action because he can't use his gem.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much the the how the plot develops. So it pretty much centers around um, him not understanding what it is that what what his gem powers are right and how he can bring them about and so as we mentioned before he he goes to the donut shop he he's looking for cookie cat uh and he doesn't find it so he gets the freezer and he brings it back home and i think this is sort of a we can sort of extrapolate it to to be a a a discussion on sort of like fandoms right and what okay. what it is to have something that you're really attached to, and see that thing gone and replaced by something else, and how good it feels to belong somehow, right? You, it's okay to just take the freezer, right? Yeah, because it means yeah. something to you. And so when he comes back, he eats a, a cookie cat um, ice cream sandwich, right? And so we see his powers sort of, sort of show themselves for the first time. And I wanna pass here for a second because the way the the first time his powers are shown, it's a very magical girl type of animation. Right? Oh, that that is true, yeah. And I think this is this is one of the first parts where you start noticing this show is gonna be different.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, because cause he's he's the boy and it's a his his, and it's so funny because it's his navel that starts glowing. Yeah, and, and it's a bright pink light.
2: Mm-hmm. And so I, so I just it, yeah, sorry.
0: No 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 that's fine. It's it's funny that it's um I I never thought about putting that, but you've you've already brought together like the Powerpuff Girls. We've kind of got a Sailor Moon <laughs> reference. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we keep him around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so when he when he shows his powers for the first time, it, they they notice it's a shield, right? A pink shield with a rose uh-huh. insignia. And I found that also super fascinating considering the shield is the least phallic weapon you can think of.
0: Okay, yeah. And
2: it's not a very sort of violent weapon, uh, like maybe a whip or a beer or gauntlets. Uh, so that's also sort of a suggestion of where this show is sort of going to go to uh, going into it. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he take he eats the cookies and the, and, and it sort of pops up and as soon as he's sort of done with the cookie, right. It disappears. And so most of the episode is sort of going around, that sort of feeling of what it is about him that brought out that weapon, right? And so then he goes Mm -hmm. to each of the gems and sort of uh, tries out their way of bringing
1: that power about, right? And how does that go?
0: Uh, Pearl was the one who's like, you have to...
1: Do you have to pay attention to the... Sorry, yeah, no, uh, with Pearl, like... Yeah, Pearl no, 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 like go ahead. Yeah. rose petals and like how each and every rose petal that falls to the ground is all carefully calculated in that. And with time and a lot of practice, you can learn to master this dance and then therefore be able to summon this weapon. And then there's Amethyst who just says, yeah, I just do it. Like if I need it, I, it, comes, it comes to me when I need it. That, that's it. That's all there is to it. So just don't try. And then there's Garnet who says, yeah, you can do both. You can do. You can either try really hard, or you can don't try at all. Or in her case, she's like, or you can harness the energy of all the living creatures on planet Earth, and boom, <laughs> it manifests into my gauntlets, <laughs> which, I, yeah. which I find really funny because when as you go later on into the series, every time they summon your weapons, you have to think like, wow, she's summoning all these powers into her gauntlets every single time she tries to, she summons her weapon.
2: It does make sense later on.
0: Yes. Um, but we're not going to talk about that now. Yeah, we will talk about that later. Yeah, indeed. Yes. But then Garnet says the best thing, which is um, he will find his own steven way yeah. to summon his weapon. Um, so which goes into that whole importance of being himself, importance of being genuine, and sort of the what makes him special. Um, which i think is one of the, the it's it's one of the many important themes of steven J- universe in general but especially in this episode but this is also where we start seeing well okay so right when he he's eight, when he eats the cookie cat ice cream his stomach starts glowing and he can't figure out how he is getting his his shield to come out but we do, as uh, rational adults, we see that he's extremely happy, uh, he's relaxed, and and it's coming forth. And this is where we start seeing, oh, they're going to focus a lot on what professionals call EQ, so the emotion, uh, emotional intelligence, or emotional quot- yeah. <laughs> quotient. I can't. I can never say that. I wrong. think you said it I'm right. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's – so the emotional intelligence, it's uh, not the, the standard book intelligence or or the uh, street smarts that people get, but it's self-awareness. It's self-regulation, motivation, things like that, that help people. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And uh, sympathy or empathy, yeah. one of those things, right? So all those things help a person, you know, this is where we start looking at, you know, where does a person, where's a person emotionally as a family therapist, when I'm working with children and their families, one of the things I try to figure out is their social skills. And what are their EQ? Are they, are they self-aware? Are they able to tell, Oh my God, I'm really upset. Um, and are they able to self-regulate and most of the times if they're coming for family therapy they cannot self-regulate and this is something that gets modeled from parents so if the parents can't self-regulate guess what the kids can't self-regulate either so that's something that i work on with with them then the reason why i love steven universe is i honestly use steven universe in therapy because this first episode is him starting to yeah. become self-aware. He's he's still having issues with self-regulation, which is the reason why he hasn't figured out how to manifest the weapon, but he is becoming self-aware. Which, again, which is the reason why we get that that sort of Sailor Moon glow. <laughs> and I will be calling it yeah. that from now on. Thank you so much.
2: It is the Sailor Moon glow. <laughs> so, uh... I- <laughs> it is... So, yeah, um, I thought you, you struck something very interesting. It's, it's sort of that uh, emotional quotient. Uh, see, now I'm mispronouncing it. Um, that Yeah, emotional quotient, whatever that is. Um, so um, in yeah. psychiatry, we have this sort of concept of insight, right? And it's the person's own capacity to understand their own mm-hmm. situation and how aware they are of it. And... Uh, As we see later on, he says, oh, so my superpower is fueled by ice cream, right? So every time I eat a cookie cat ice cream, it works out. So he starts eating it and it's not working out, right? And I think before that, he tried to sort of recreate the same situation (laughs) by sort of putting every single one of the crystal gems in the right location where they were at the moment that it happened. But even with all of those criteria fulfilled he was not able to summon his shield again right and that's because there's a bit of dramatic irony there uh we as an audience are supposed to know yeah it wasn't the cookie that sort of helped out it was how he was feeling right if he was, and he's he's not conscious of that yet Mm -hmm. and i think there's a pretty good metaphor here for sort of impotence right And I think this applies in in many aspects, not just a sort of sexual aspect, but what happens when our bodies betray us or in a certain way, we don't get a physiological reaction we want it to get, right? If if you're in a relationship and that relationship is on the rocks and so you're like, oh, we'll suddenly start dating now, but you just can't, there's a part of you that just doesn't click right? And it's because uh, uh-huh. one of the most important parts when you're sort of dealing with the these sort of emotional aspects of impotence is it's not about what you do, but about what you're feeling at the moment, right? And, and so I think a very good sort of way to sort of deal with this is what actually sex therapists do, which is try to sort of work on the feeling and try to sort of help the patient or help right, the client uh, say, like, you don't just get in bed, do whatever you have to do, and it's finished. It's something you have to cultivate in your life, right? That feeling of belonging, that feeling of, of loving something, and it, it takes a lot more effort to get to that point, right? And that's the same thing in a certain way that Stephen is experiencing, that he, he's not able to get that physiological reaction. And later on, we're expecting that we're going to see him develop that emotional intelligence to be in tune with his feelings and slowly understand. It's not about recreating certain criteria. It's about being in the right state of mind.
0: Thank you. That, that's actually really – and I think that's where we need to, like, figure out with, with – well not we but steven needs to figure out with himself is that like how do i get back into that same frame of mind i'm sorry i'm stuttering here <laughs> the coffee is not kicking in this is this is the horrible thing all right so mark well, what do you what um, do you want to share on this I, I
1: i i mean he kind of G and he kind of covered quite a lot if not almost the entire episode here <laughs> but um yeah. uh i i guess <laughs> in a way, i i was kind of sort of seeing it as like um in a way of sort of uh, having it be okay if you're not like everybody else. So for Steven, he, like, you know, like think about it in terms of like a, a middle school where, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're new into middle school, you're, you're trying to find out who you are, who your friends are going to be, what sort of group are you going to belong to, or what group you're going to, you know, fit in with, with the most. And a lot of the times most kids want to be with the popular kids. So they try to do what they can act the way they do and do the things that they do to try to fit in, to try to be accepted into that into that uh, group. But in this episode, it's kind of showing that Steven isn't like he may be a crystal gem, but he's not like the crystal gems because he himself is different. Like one, he he's unsure of how to manifest his weapons. Um, unlike all the other crystal gems, he has to eat, he has to sleep, he has to do. Uh, these sort of human things that the gems themselves don't have to actually do so for, and then you know at the end for uh i'm sorry but for the end for garnet you know how she says like oh you're gonna do things in your own steveny way like she's saying you know you're you're one of a kind but you're going and you know you might be us but you're not going to do things like us you're going to do things in your own way and still find a way to be a part of us
0: well, actually, that's perfect because that actually can bring us into the second episode, which is where we actually first get introduced to Steven's yes. father. It, yeah, that, that, that's like yeah. that. And
1: this is where it kind of shows how how different Stephen is. And they, it's where people um, find out that Stephen himself is actually half human. And, you know, they don't really go into how that's all possible and, and everything just quite yet. But um yeah, his, his dad's um, uh, uh, the, the owner of the car wash in Beach City. And it, it seems like he doesn't really get a lot of business because when you're introduced to him, he's kind of, he's napping in his van. He's, you know, that's where he lives and everything. And Steven's waking him up for, um, for something. And immediately you're kind of, when you're introduced into Greg, you get like this, you get more of a, uh, a friendship kind of vibe coming from from greg you don't really get like hey i'm your father what are you doing on top of my van you're just like he's just more of like oh hi like what are you doing up so early not realizing that it's you know the middle of the afternoon almost into the evening time so
0: and well this is also the first episode where we're introduced to the concept of homeworld, also because they're being attacked by a red eye
1: there it's this giant giant eyeball in the sky and they they and i remember pearl saying that they've never seen anything uh they haven't seen one quite though so big before and they're trying to figure out a way to destroy it otherwise it's gonna sort of act like a meteor and just crash into the earth and destroy it basically so the whole point of the episode is that they're trying to find the one weapon that can destroy the red eye which is a uh laser light cannon i believe is what it's called and it was owned by um steven's mom bros quartz and but the thing is is that no one knows where it's at except for greg
0: so and this goes into that whole concept of okay so first we have we were introduced to greg who is not a crystal gem he's human um the concept is because steven automatically goes oh if it belonged to mom i know one person who would know where it is dad if it belonged to mom, dad should have it. So it's already that whole thing. You already see that he has that attachment to... Um, the appropriate attachment to Greg. Um, he is still in that um, developmental stage... Where his father is a superhero to him. Um, he is not the Crystal Gems. The Crystal Gems, yes, they are superheroes. But Greg is his. Is still on that pedestal. Hasn't been knocked down. Um you know, if there's a problem that needs to be solved, my father can solve it because that's what dads do. Um, so it, it's that it, – it. again, I, I always want to go back to like, okay, so what happened that he went from being with Greg, living with Greg um, to living with the Crystal Gems or was it that he – greg lived with the crystal gems and then left or so what was that whole scenario how come steven is living with the crystal gems and not with yeah um greg
1: well yeah that that, that Um, is um something that when i remember when i first watched the episode that's kind of the first thing i thought of was like well wait a minute we know that steven's mom isn't in the picture she is uh she's she's not around but it when you get introduced to greg you're sort of left wondering well, why isn't he with his dad then? You know? And I I guess in in the basis you can kind of just make the guess that, oh, he's a crystal gem. He has these powers. So he's being he's being trained by them. But even so, it doesn't necessarily I guess it could you could question it because they can since they're just on the beach and the car wash is right there, he could still stay with his dad and then go to and from the beach. But I guess since because Greg lives Mm -hmm. in his van, he probably thought it'd be better for him to go live with the Crystal Gems where they can construct a house for him and have a place for him, have an actual bed for him to sleep and have a place for him to actually cook and go to the bathroom and shower and do all these things and not have to live in a van.
0: I have down in our notes the the co-parenting. So, where do you guys think on the co-parenting between the gems and Greg? I mean, is there sufficient co-parenting, or is Greg just sort of the uh, um, absentee dad? Well, in every once um,
1: for 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 the second episode, it can definitely be seen that um greg is call- sort of seen like an absentee dad in this episode but a- as the series progresses um yeah yeah i, I i'm i'm just i'm just wondering how, like we're, in, we're in this episode it series. can kind of seem like that but as the series <laughs> progresses it does it, it everything does change but uh in the second episode it, it definitely is can be seen and, and totally believable that he's sort of like just a dad that can can be around, but it doesn't really do much. He's just sort of there to just be the buddy, to just pal around when he's not... When Steven isn't busy doing stuff with the Crystal junk
2: I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Um. So this is also the first time we actually... Th- there's full-on mention of Rose Quartz, and we actually see Rose Quartz in a picture of... uh In the storage facility that Steven goes into... To look for Rose's, uh, light cannon.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so, okay. So my, my, my whole thing went, okay, you're sending this little boy into this storage facility that, I I mean, (laughs) when he finds the light cannon, he literally ties a rope to the van and he pulls it and everything kind of just comes out all at once. I'm kind of concerned. I was kind of concerned that everything was just going to fall on Steven. Um, when he went inside that uh, that storage facility. Um, but now we get to see Rose. And she's, I mean, compared to Greg, she's really big. But Greg, compared to the standard humans, is a very tall human too. So we get to see what the Crystal Gem sort of yeah. size dynamic is too. Um, which, again, will play will play more of a role, I think, later on down the road when we start talking about all the characteristics of them um but again yeah you see that that whole thing of the relationship is kind of like not the protective parent but of the yeah. like we're buddies we're, we're friends we're we're gonna hang out um but we also hear one of greg's famous sayings which is if every pork chop were perfect, yep. yeah. we wouldn't have hot And
2: hots. we also see the first instance of actually trying to understand what Stephen's relationship is to his biological mother. And that's at least what I noticed when he, when he steps on the photo of her and Greg. He doesn't seem to have any sort of emotional attachment to it. He's just saying, like, "Oh, I, I I stepped on this. This was Greg's. This was my dad's." Uh, but it didn't feel like he had any emotional attachment to this, uh, biological mother figure. And yeah, that I think that that begs the question: what was uh, her relationship or her involvement in his life?
0: Do uh does Greg actually, or is it Greg or Stephen that actually makes the the comment? About um, the relationship, and then he basically says, "Until mom gave up her form for uh, you."
2: Yeah, I would think that would.
1: Be yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was that was Greg, and then that yeah, was yeah, that was Greg, right? And then immediately after he said that, that's when Stephen uh, stepped on the on the, the the picture.
0: So, so we're we're already dealing with okay. So, um, and again, this is going to be something that's going to play a large role. Later on in the series, but we're we're pretending we haven't seen a series, um, and we're starting from
1: Which the is first very
0: hard, two the episodes, um, where Rose is kind <laughs> of yes, it really is because <laughs> we both we we we, uh, we both we all want to talk about like what we yeah. know happening later on, um, but that whole thing. So when we come from uh, so from my background, we automatically say. Rose is there. She's um she's sort of like that uh almost like a ghost figure in the family. She's still there. She's still overseeing everything. Um but she's not physically there. And and that's what we have to worry about when we're dealing with family therapy. How much of a presence does this dead person bring into the relationship and how much of the relationship attachment issues that we're having are based on the fact that this person yeah, is no definitely. longer with the family. Um and and that's what I started wondering with with Greg and Stephen's relationship is the reason why Greg not uh that that protective father figure is it because Rose isn't there to sort of say, no, Greg, we're supposed to keep him safe and protect him? Um, Or is it just because Greg's like, well, he's kind of superhuman, so the Crystal Gems have to teach him how to be superhuman. Um, But when it comes to Rose, when Greg talks about Rose, you can automatically sense that whole... like there is and
2: I'm just going to segue here with... um, Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot from sort of, we've talked about the relationship between Stephen and Greg and Stephen and mom. But I think Mark said something, well, he didn't say it. He, earlier in our discussion, he, he mentioned something about the fact of the fact that the Rose's cannon was in the back of his storage. And I thought that was an interesting sort of conversation we
1: could have right now.
0: Oh yeah, that actually Mark, you should you can you should actually Oh uh,
1: yeah. So um basically yes, yeah, so um what I was when I was seeing this, I saw um with the with the storage unit how I sort of saw it as kind of a representation of Greg's mind. Um so when he when they go to the storage unit, um Greg states how everything that doesn't fit in the van, he just kind of shoves into the the storage unit. And so when Stevens traversing through this he comes across all like this old junk he comes across his old CDs um from when Greg was uh, used to be a musician he comes across some golf clubs even though Greg doesn't golf and then he also comes across you know the picture of uh, his, Greg and Rose Quartz and uh, eventually the light cannon and it it was interesting to note how the the picture itself is on the floor and everything else is sort of sort of uh stacked on top of things or it's up against something sort of out of the way so it does have like this path except for this picture that just happens to be on the floor in the way and then the light can is is at the very very back of the storage unit which to me could uh sort of show how greg is kind of using everything else in his mind to kind of bury the thoughts of rose quartz because to him you know, this was the person that he loved. You know, they have this child together and now she's gone. She's, you know, not in the picture anymore. She's nowhere to really be found. And so um, he's just trying to block that off. And so when Steven does find the light cannon and they tie it up and they pull it out along with everything else in the storage unit, that can kind of be seen as, well, now Rose Quartz is going to kind of always be a topic, a center, Greg can't hide it anymore so all like this stuff to try to block it is going to be no good. Gross Quartz is going to be there and Greg just sort of has to accept it.
0: So this is where we first start seeing Greg learning to deal with the loss of the love of his life.
2: Yeah. And from, and from, a, from a psychiatrics perspective, like when you are confronted with certain thoughts, that that harm us or make you feel bad, you exhibit what we call defense mechanisms. And uh, Greg, he's a pretty laid back sort of guy, right? And it's very logical that his sort of defense mechanisms are suppression, right? And suppression is when you actively try to not think about something and put it in the back of your mind. And I think Mark's sort of metaphor using the light cannon is really good in that aspect, right? Because he's so laid back and he doesn't worry about the big stuff in life, he can sort of put everything that he doesn't care about compartmentalize it into his storage unit, right? And and try not to think about it, and that's that's sort of his defense mechanism. At least what we can sort of extrapolate from that.
0: So. I mean, we've got Greg, who now has to deal with this. We have Stephen, who really has no tie to his mother except for the like. Okay, well, she gave up her form to you know to bring you here, um, and we hear this this saying the whole time of if every pork pork chop was perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. Um, and I think that kind of ties in perfectly with what we were saying about the first episode where Garnet said you would find your own Steveny way to, you know, kind of get your weapon out. Um, so, so Steven isn't the, the typical crystal gem. Um, and, and he's that, I guess he's, he's, he would be the hot dog. He would be the one that's, he's not like everybody else. Um, he has to figure things out on his own. And it's, um again i hate to do it but at this point it's going to be one of those things like we'll see later on how he develops his powers because the crystal gems don't even know how his powers are going to develop
2: stay tuned yes yeah
0: um yeah but now so we have to go back to when so steven has greg up on his pedestal like if if anybody's going to have this thing dad would have it he had you know he knows everything about mom um and kind of the crystal gems are kind of dismissive about him yeah so again that goes back to that like okay so what's the co-parenting style between them because that's the first thing we go go through like when we're dealing with divorced parents is we say listen i understand there's a reason why you guys got divorced but when it comes to that kid you should not be dismissive of the other parents you shouldn't be putting him down in front of the other uh, in front of your children um if they think he's great we're not saying you have to think he's great but you shouldn't be telling them negative things so for them to kind of be like well you know your dad is human he doesn't really know anything um it, it it's that dismissiveness and even then yeah steven is still doing that whole like But you know what? I know dad has this stuff of moms. Um, And again, it's it's different because of the whole concept of they're not divorced parents. These are like, um, if we want to think about it in relational points of view, these would be sort of like the mom's sisters who are caring for the kid while the dad is trying to get up on his feet. Um, yeah. And instead of saying like yeah your dad is trying to do his best they're like well you know he doesn't know anything about crystal gem stuff because he's human. Um, so maybe we should still just kind of figure this out by ourselves. Um, so so we start to see a little bit of that relationship too between the crystal gems and the human uh, and the human. And Greg I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And then, (laughs) yeah, the human.
0: And the Uh, human.
2: Yeah. And so I think to sort of finish it off, we get a little hint of Froze's relationship with Greg, right? Mm -hmm. And it's at that last moment where Plot Twist, the only way to activate the light cannon was using a catchphrase that they shared. And I think that sort of seals all their relationships up and in uh, the episode, which I thought was rather interesting.
0: So, so what was the catchphrase again? Do you remember?
2: The pork chops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all the pork chops so were good. We wouldn't have hot dogs. If if every pork chop was perfect, perfect. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have,
1: have hot dogs.
2: I yes. have horrible memory for quotes.
0: <laughs> and and Mark and I started going through the whole like, wait a second, I eat beef hot dogs i haven't had a pork hot dog so (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I don't know where they're getting the hot dogs from
2: yeah so yeah that's (laughs) the first uh
0: three episodes well those are the first well the first two and the pilot we haven't even talked about the third episode which i think is going to be our next episode because we're probably at an hour uh, give or take when I do the editing um, so this part will be yeah. edited out too possibly um, <laughs> so I, so again everybody um, thank you for listening I hope everybody likes this and comes back to hear us again um, again you can reach me on twitter at catmft you can reach go ahead everybody give me your twitters
2: go
1: ahead come on Ian, go ahead uh, you can
2: reach me at psychagonically, which spelled, and I'm going to try to spell this correctly, is at PSYCHOGONICALLY. Psychagonically. And uh, you're,
1: you're going to have to explain what 20... that means. Yeah, yeah, that's a future podcast episode.
0: Yeah, that's a future podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, backstory, Mark, go ahead. Find that
1: name. <laughs> no, uh, okay. So, uh, you can reach me on Twitter at um 96 that is spelled uh C U I R I Z 96. And So, yeah. um yeah,
0: so next week a whole new episode. We will be talking about episodes 3 and 4. So again, we're assuming you kind of like Steven Universe if you're listening to this. Um, if you want to kind of re-watch the first four episodes, we will be talking about episodes three and four for the next one. Um, and tweet at us and tell us if we said anything wrong or if you disagree with us or if you think everything is perfect. Or, or if, if you, you want like to hear podcast. Mark sing
1: maybe maybe that'll be a separate podcast where i just go through all the songs and i try to sing them to the best of my abilities um yeah or or if if you guys would like um you know you guys want to again join the discord um we have our own separate little steven universe thread that we'll be talking about all things steven universe um i do have to kind of point out the warning that uh there are spoilers and chances are like as new episodes come out or eventually the movie. Um, there will be spoilers, but uh, yeah, no, blood. exactly. There will be <laughs> blood and spoilers and all sorts of stuff. But if you ever want to share your, your crazy fan theories, like I know I've shared before, uh, and more than I've destroyed to... them. Only <laughs> not every single one of them, but there's a couple <laughs> out there that I think I think, yeah, I think are dreams. <laughs> but uh yeah um again you can reach us on the discord or you can tweet at us um i'm more than willing to listen and to discuss uh crazy fan theories because that's that's just something that's just a lot of fun
0: yes all right so until next time everybody have a good one
2: bye